Everybody set? No one's leaving to go shit or something? <laughs> There's the cold open. Alright. I can't make you any promises. Uh, <laughs> All I brought was pain. What? When in doubt, let's default to asshole. Asshole. Autocorrect is an asshole. Half thoughts with Brendan. <laughs> asshole. Welcome to the Pubcast with Michelle Riley, Mike Cross, and Brendan O'Neill. Sit down and enjoy a pint. There's a county map to go with the wall, a hurl, a stick in the shinty bowl, the brick, the brack, the crack, and all. Let's call it an Irish pub. All right, we're back. Um, this week we have three people. We're missing Mike Cross for the first time in a long time. I think maybe ever. So it's just me, Michelle Riley, and Rob Nash filling in wow. for Mr. Cross. The first time ever. That's like it's like the Cal Ripken streak has been broken. <laughs> I know. Add them all up, and it's twenty-two. I think it's magical. <laughs> A date will go down in history, I'm sure. <laughs> the man who did 22 podcasts, not even in a row, and then he bailed. Uh, all right, so Rob Nash, you had a topic you wanted to talk to that I think or talk about that was near and dear to your heart earlier today. What do you got? Uh, well, I had two, um, and they're somewhat, somewhat connected. But the the first was. This uh, maybe a little deep, a little philosophical. Um, That's what this podcast uh, is all about. Super no, no, I was going to say not, thinking. not at all. Uh, is there? <laughs> I was watching uh, an unnamed comic who likes to traffic in controversial issues. <laughs> oh, side note, Brendan, for your TV podcast, for those of you listening and marking your calendars for future episodes. Yeah. Um, I think we all need to watch Andrew Dice Clay's new. Uh, oh yeah series on showtime well side side note uh <laughs> mike and i when we talked about the early episode uh an early episode of vinyl uh dice featured prominently in that episode and we loved him he was he was the best character on the show and uh we're looking for more of dice so well there the, there great. is some connection here to the topic but you know he, he obviously was um an early trailblazer in uh in terms of comics <laughs> you know, focusing on uncomfortable topics or just hickory crude, dickory doc, <laughs> or just crude topics, yeah. and then claiming a, a sort of a, a veil of protection because they were funny, um, or some people found them funny at least. <laughs> they were intended so, to be funny at least. the The idea of are there subjects that are off limits because they should simply not be made fun of, and so obviously there's, you know. Things like nine eleven or crimes or natural disasters or you know even more personal and and abhorrent things like sexual assault or yeah. uh, abortion or controversial issues that um, you know some people claim well there's no there's no setting in which you know those topics can be handled funny or in a funny amusing manner uh, in yeah. the comic I don't know why I'm like protecting his name. It was Daniel Tosh, who I actually generally think <laughs> I know. Is... Who, who are you worried is going to hear this? I'm, I'm more concerned about me, me being associated with Daniel <laughs> Tosh. Uh, uh, but I was flipping 
I think that's one of the that 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 should be one of those Oxford Dictionary words that flipping that gets gets included. He was flipping, which means you know, inadvertently exposed to things you wouldn't want to be. Um, Flashing. <laughs> but oh, we might have a guest host. Oh, sweet. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> no, <laughs> sounds like a Francis Riley's making a guest appearance. What's his take on Daniel Tosh? <laughs> He loves them. I'm sure he does. Can't get enough. So um, I mean, I no. Wait, 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 wait. One last, one last piece of setup, and because da- it's important to the conversation, mm. which was, is it? Uh, it? It may be. Tosh, <laughs> Tosh was saying, he agrees that um, sort of hacks or people who don't present a sensitive topic in a thoughtful, humorous way, um, then they come off as crude or just kind of insulting. But absolutely. Um, but if you can craft a well-written joke, then anything can be funny. And then he proceeded to try and tell jokes about, you know, some of those hot button issues that were, you know, of of different different degrees of funny. I guess were they well crafted and well thought out? Uh, some. Yeah. But I mean, like the the idea, like, can you make a joke about nine eleven, or Absolutely. can you make a joke about abortion or or other things? And so that that's the theory is like if you think it through and you're thoughtful and you're not impolite or needlessly antagonistic, then you can come up with something that's funny. So I, I have, a, I have a, a hair to split at this point. So, I mean, I think everybody can concede that, you know, the best comics, the best comedy is, you know, truthful and authentic. And sometimes it's not even like rip roaring, hilariously funny, i.e., well crafted jokes, but it's the kind of thing that people just, you know, if it's truthful, you can laugh about it. So even if you are to talk about really dark subjects or subjects that are not inherently funny or even that are landmines for potential, you know, sensitivity. Yeah, it's about, it's about uh, relatability. Yeah, you know, as, long, either, as long as you find the truth in it that people can relate to, then you can you can get to the humor of the situation. Yeah, you can. But you can have a super well written joke that's got like a great setup and a great punchline that isn't even fucking funny. Right. I well, mean, Henny Youngman did great jokes. Yeah, true. You know. Yeah. For the time. I'm talking about joke setup, joke setup. I mean, most of the stand-ups that we like today are more of a storyteller type of a thing. As opposed to a, um, you know, take my wife, please, joke setup, joke setup style comedian that was maybe more popular. Take, take my national tragedy, please. <laughs> <laughs> I well, flew I mean, here from New York, and man, are my arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think his point was that uh, similar, which is if you're. If you're clever about it, um, there's there's humor there. But the, the 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 fundamental question is: Are there some topics that are off limits? And judging by the crowd, no. uh, I'm assuming we all say no. The answer is no. no. And, and any reason, any reasonable person with a uh, halfway decent sense of humor is going to say no, because so, it's a well crafted joke, even touching on the most sensitive. Uh, or disturbing topics uh, is going to make fun uh, or find fun in the absurdness or the unusual situation and not attack the person involved. It's and so, not a, a personal right, attack. Is, 
it's yeah. putting a twist on the situation that, that uh, points out its absurdity or, or its uniqueness or its whatever. And to, to, to pile on to that, I mean, I don't even, I think what we're talking about here are topics, really. Let's use the word topics. Yeah, hot sure. But, but, but the subjects of jokes, even if they are about a topic, aren't really about the topic. For so example, you're making a joke about abortion. It's not really about abortion. It's about the funny thing that people do when they're in the whatever abortion clinic, or you know, yeah. it's it's not really about that comedy gold. Thing. Well, so <laughs> you understand what I mean. I mean, it's about yeah, Louis yeah, C.K. It's about on humanity his... in the situation, not the actual hot button issue. Right, Louis C.K. on his most recent appearance on SNL. Uh, created, I think, oh, the most yes. recent comedy controversy, if you want to great. call it that. Yes, great example. And he talked about the, you know, arguably one of the most heinous, uh, uncomfortable situations there is. And it was uh, homosexual pedophilia. <laughs> a hilarious topic for jokes. <laughs> and uh, he did a whole, a whole right. spiel on it, but his 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 basic punchline was, you know, imagine how, I mean, everyone, even criminals, even people in jail who have killed people think uh, raping little boys is the worst thing in the world. It, it, they, they will kill you on sight and, and you, your life is worthless if, if people know you do that. But people still do it. So it must be really, really good. You're, you're paraphrasing. That. I'm paraphrasing, of course. So he did it in a much more eloquent way, a much funnier way, a much you know more insightful, intelligent way. But that was the gist of the joke, and that's a re- that's a ridiculous topic. You can't. That's the worst thing ever. But the way he did it, it was funny. Lots of people laughed, and a lot right. of people got uncomfortable. There, but it was well, it was funny. But to be fair, there were um, groans, and there was a palpable sense of sure. discomfort in the crowd, even that came through on the TV. On the TV, but um, <laughs> th- here's here's a spin on this, though. So what, it, you know, obviously context matters and audience matters to a certain degree. Like, what if he was, he, he couldn't do that joke in a room full of survivors, could he? Um, I don't know. I think it depends. I mean, if yeah, so so to me, my point is like a general that audience just being bad taste, right? Well, that, that doesn't mean the joke's not funny. I think I think I think there the art of the well written joke, as uh, Tosh might have defined it, is is knowing the audience. So if you're going to a general comedic audience, um, right? So that it, is part of the piece of the joke. Yeah, yeah, a pop culture reference. Maybe you. You have a wider, wider license, but if you're in a room of, you know, sexual assault survivors, perhaps you are a little bit, you know, yeah. you read the room, read the room. So for the people, right, and maybe that... you don't start joking about nine eleven the day after. Maybe you give it some time, you know. No, 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 so yeah, we made jokes about Prince the day of, so I don't know. Well, I would not equate Prince's <laughs> passing with nine eleven. Yeah, and I don't Prince's think we made any. Might... I disagree. But, but even uh, to that, no, they wouldn't. I would say even to that point, though, we made jokes about the perception of Prince and not him necessarily. Right, and, I, and that's what we're talking about. You, you make 
jokes about the situation, the perception, right. the larger issue, not focusing on an, an individual, really. Well, so, I mean, I think the consensus here is that, yes, there might be bad taste involved depending on the audience. But even if you are, well, if you are supremely mastered, you could pull off that joke in a room of, you know, a hard audience. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, I, there are people who are going to groan and some of those people who groaned still thought it was funny. And there are people who are going to be offended, but they were offended at that topic before he told the joke. I, so, I guess that's probably true. You know what I mean? I mean, they're going to be offended regardless. So, it, but but that's not you know. There's a there's a gradient. There's a a gradient. Yeah, there's world. also in the same way that the that the performer has to take into consideration the audience. I think the audience also considers the source, right? So, Tom Hanks can get away with something that you know somebody else not as charming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alec Baldwin can do uh, Cabin Boy, or is it Cabin well, Boy? Yeah, Cabin it's, Boy? it's context, right? Right, but part of the context is, yeah. you know, saying, I like Tom Hanks. He's a nice person. Exactly. Exactly. No, but, he doesn't but, mean like, any harm. Who, exactly. who am I talking about with uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, Adam Sandler? Oh, wow. Uh, what? Canteen Boy. Canteen Boy. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Cabin Boy. <laughs> no, but I'm saying... Well, yeah, Cowboys and Chris uh, Elliott. Chris no, my Elliot point was the, the fact that the the messenger. Right. Yeah. The the, but, the messenger is part of the context. Yeah. 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 Okay, so to close out the topic, uh, <laughs> wrap it up. Yeah, because we beat it. And the bit. same reason why, it was why when when uh, what's her name Betty White goes blue, everyone thinks it's fucking hilarious. I know that's a good example. So that's that's what I was going to ask. I who, hate that stuff. By the way, who I yeah. know, but that's I the, hate, the thing is the context, right? Oh, the old well, lady. Well, it's well. Here's it's a perfect fish example, out of water. I hate fish out of water comedy. It makes me no, sick. but the fish out of water can work. But here's an example. That's horrible. It's <laughs> lowest common uh, denominator bullshit. The Comedy Central roast. Where they get someone who's not good at that or appropriate right. at that. Oh, they get murdered. It's so uncomfortable. It's, it's so uncomfortable. So a quick list of people who do it well. So Don Rickles is like the old school example. <laughs> He's the of ultimate the, insult comic, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Louis C.K. obviously touches on very sensitive oh, yeah. topics. Not not only external, but with his own family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I, you know, Alec Baldwin is an example of that. I, I don't want to. I would think up. almost every good yeah. comic, short of Jerry Seinfeld, really touch on that stuff, don't they? Chris, Chris Rock, somewhat sensitive. I would say, I mean, this is me like regurgitating my WTF podcast, but I mean, anybody that's doing personal stuff is doing that. Yeah. Unless you're just out there doing Carrot Top or. Uh, <laughs> You know, stuff that's not personal. That the prop joke, really offended me. The joke, the punchline, the act, the persona, that, that that's one thing. But anybody that's doing a personal thing um, is doing that. I mean, look at Amy Schumer. You know, she actually is more set-up joke than a lot of people. She definitely has, lands a lot of hard punchlines, I think. Yeah. If you see her act, it's less kind of rambling and talking right. than... Than other people, 
and she, and <laughs> yeah, she hits all those sensitive sub or a lot of them, a lot of the sensitive sexual subjects. And oh, for sure. She, uh, but she's honed that act. She she, she, lands she works it. at it, and and those are smart, smartly yeah. worded jokes. Very well crafted, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you yeah, go, I Nash. Say, well, I would the 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 bow I will place on it is that. Um, <laughs> you, you can never just let me have the last word. Last you little fuck. I know. Seriously. It's like the last right, podcast. Never How about them cubbies? No, I think that's right. You're right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I just say it. It takes someone, I think, of of kind of a higher level, like a Louis C.K. or other, like Amy or other ones that um, I call her Amy. Um, <laughs> I call her Shoe. That, that uh, I have, you know, they they are good. They're you know, well written and and thoughtful, and they've honed it. So, the the best comics are always the smartest. Yeah. You gotta crack jokes. So, Robbie. Take Jesus this, is not funny. Take this uh, uh, subject and turn it into digital. What were we talking about uh, about your digital comments? Oh God! Well, I think well the the way the I think it dovetails, yeah, is that comics who spend a lot of time honing their work, thinking about the clever shot, um, sneaking their punch in, um, turning uh, what just occurred and pointing out the absurdity of it. Those are all like well thought out and sort of like the the uh, Olympic level uh, commentary. You know, I, I'm going to point out how absurd you're going to be. Of course. And that, the would, pros, yep. that, that would be welcome and a uh, real thought starter, you know, like a debate starter. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, we have every other fucking idiot in the world who who wants to comment on a newspaper article online or as we've seen recently, and there are numerous examples of this, this over-the-top personal insult, uh, completely inflammatory and, I mean, impolite's not the word, um, just improper in terms of human behavior. These, <laughs> these tweets and, and sort of attacks on journalists and I will say particularly female journalists and then even, even doubly so when a female journalist is in a quote unquote uh you know not regular or not appropriate subject matter. So, you know, a female male dominated subject Yeah, male dominated. Yeah, so like, you're getting to this the women right the sports writers, right? Women sports writers, but it's not just that. It's even more vicious with like women technology writers. Oh and, yeah, for sure. It's, it's for actually sure. really bad with women finance and business writers. Yeah. Where, but, where you know, it's just bad for women, period. I think well, it's I mean, interesting it, that you're coming to this revelation today. No, so. I know, but, but that's the, it, 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 that is a big part of it, which is like, so... It's just, just showing how people really feel about women in these situations. That's what I'm it's saying. It's all like, about the anonymity, right? None of this shit would happen if people had to use their real names. Exactly. Like. It's well, 100% even, tied up in them being can't an anonymous like a tough guy. human being yeah. because they can hide behind the... They can hide behind the internet, and then yeah. they say any disgusting, inflammatory, evil, vile thing because they think that there's no accountability to it. I think and when you that. have when no one's looking, and that's the way you choose to behave, says a lot more about you than it does anything you're talking about. So I think that is true, but I also think that it that is becoming less and less of a factor because 
most sites are and and Twitter inherently yeah they've gotten wise. Well, they've required you to use some kind of verification outside of just you saying a name or a screen name. Right, because the but, whole thing is a fucking joke. It's, I mean, but it's so, email so, verification or it's social sign-in. But, which is true, but even when people have been called out, where, you know, I've seen stories where, um, you know, the father of a daughter who was ridiculed or the um, even the reporter has gone back and, like, engaged, you know, directly with these people who are who are identifiable, um, you know, it hasn't stopped their sort of impulse. And I will say there's that idea, the anonymous, um, the anonymity, sorry. Um, But then there's also this, I would say in sports and in business, particularly with women, because these are like these, and when I say business, I mean like finance, Wall Street type uh, focus, this idea that, you were somehow clouded into the system and you don't deserve your position. And so for sports, it's like, well, I know as much about sports as anybody. And you are just given this Sarah Spain or Julia DiCarlo uh, because you're a woman. And and so there's this jealousy that they've achieved this position. Two two things. I I have two points here. Uh, First, this week or in the past 10 days probably, I've heard a couple of different comedians on podcast one was a man one was a woman i forget exactly who they were which which ones i listen to so many podcasts um talking about this very thing that people will attack them on twitter for whatever reason and every once in a while they they will uh, get on there and respond to them and be like oh i'm sorry that you felt that way you know have a nice day like they'll just just blow them off but because they responded that that person who attacked them will, and and both of these people, on different podcasts, you know, months apart in, in recording it, they said said the exact same thing, to a person, one hundred percent of the time when they respond to that person, that angry person comes back like and, and says something you like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was having a bad day. I was just lashing uh-huh. out. It wasn't about you. I just uh, I was angry about that one thing." And they don't even remember doing it because. It was just a, just a, a knee-jerk reaction in the moment. It's they don't mean what they say. They just are just blathering, just just vomiting all over the keyboard at that one moment. That's largely, in my opinion, because they've never had to consider that they're accountable to those things. Right, and they. I mean, if you come back to them an hour later, they weren't even. They've moved on to ten other different things. It was yeah, just well, a one-second response. You know what I mean? I think that for the mass, that is true. That right. there are these people that pop off and. Never think about it again. But there are documented cases, and if you go to the yeah. most, oh, there's if, always if you if yeah. you look at the, not documented cases. I'm 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 saying you can go and do it yourself. Right. Go look at the Wall Street Journal. Go look at uh, the Chicago yeah. Tribune in our case, and and look at people who comment on like shootings or you know political oh, issues. Right. Are, yeah. And and you can see and how it gets racist and misogynist really fast. Like, immediately. And you can see how often <laughs> these people comment. And there are people that are super active. I mean like where they every day the Wall, on every story. Right. The Wall Street Journal will list everything that you've ever commented on. And there are people that have commented on two, three, four thousand articles. So that so, goes what, to the point that we were talking about earlier rob i I mean and this is the side that i'll take is those people are stupid in (laughs) some way they are they have some sort of problem 
and they are not to be taken seriously whatsoever. Don't even why even read the comments? Why even I know ingest that stuff? I mean, but you know how many times I think I probably like three that. or four times I've I've done that where I've gone and I've read the comments and then I was just like, why did I do this? Why yeah. did I do this? My day is fucking ruined from these people that are being exposed to this sort of nonsense. If they're doing four thousand responses to some some news stories or whatever they're doing online they have they have nothing else happening in their life and they're just lashing out at whatever they can see in front of them on the screen yeah but so they're here's morons my here's my yeah, to rob's point I, why should we have to put up with that yeah that's my anger like why, why are we all saying by these minority of people it's that, somebody on the corner who's yelling into the air it, it, it's not it's though. nothing it, it, it's 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 just it's not background nothing. music it's it's nothing it's walk by it rap go I, ahead and make your point because i know well, what i was just saying. gonna say like that's the thing is like that i i totally you know most people will react even even sort of um level-headed or semi-level-headed uh commenters on what is it? Commenters? No, it's not commenters. It's commentators. No, yeah, no. commenters. Commenters. <sighs> They're commenting online. Um, will be relatively level level headed, <clears throat> but those that you know abuse it. There's not. Um, why? Why do we have to bear the burden of ignoring these people? They should feel the embarrassment of. Of being impolite or out of bounds or over the top. Because in, in this case, I'm talking about the stories, not the tweeting to individual people, but uh, the stories that they respond to on the Wall Street Journal, whatever it is. Um, because the Wall Street Journal gave the blanket outlet for people to respond. It gave them the forum. So they're well, partly to blame. Otherwise, well, so turn the commenting speak. feature off, and, and you won't have any of that stuff. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so the tweet. I don't just know finish. about that. There are Let me finish me. the thought, though. The tweeting is very personal because it is direct. Right. I think that's it, a different and, animal a little bit. And yeah. very often, it's not um, a tweet that I issue. It's a direct message, you know, to the author. And my point is, they can't uh, direct message. What? You can't direct well, message on unless Twitter unless they follow you as well. The point that a point about the tweet though is that it's directed at the person, and right. this is the reaction that's most often you know justified or used to justify their their totally out of bounds comment, which is, well, you guys have a job, and so if you offer an opinion, you got to take you got to take the heat, or, yeah, you you have fought for so you know for so long to be a, a woman in sports journalism. So now that you get here, you want special treatment and you want to be insulated from all the the heat that this really important topic entails. And I'm like, no, I just don't want you to be an asshole. That's you know out of bounds and unfair. Well, but as as so, the as so the, the burden is on that person to not be an asshole. It's not on my. It's not on me to get a thick skin. I agree, one hundred percent. Oh, I, I completely go the other way. I mean, they, everyone has the right to say whatever. You don't have to listen to everybody. No, right? no. People do not have the right to say whatever. That's just not true. That's just not true. There no. are consequences to things that you say. There are consequences. And no. you can't just go around spewing right. hate. The consequences online are you get blocked. 
<laughs> well, 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 that, I mean, no, I'm, that I'm, be a practical but, matter. But the point, the point that I was trying to make is, why do these women? Let, let's just use a specific case. Why do these women have to be subjected to this misogynistic, just in fucking horrible comments from people, um, simply because they feel that they're anonymous and they can do it? Why? Why should they be subjected to that? Why shouldn't there be any sort of like? And 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 the response is just like, well, it's online, so suck it up. Yeah. Don't don't read your responses. <laughs> well, when they're death threats, or you know, or I hope you get raped, or you know, I mean, it's personal. That's a yeah. I guess don't my, read my the point. But I mean, the whole the point people is making those res- those responses people. are knuckleheads, and and they either don't mean it, can't execute it. Uh, have a mental oh. disorder, uh, whatever it is, they're nothing. They're, they're, a, they're a fly on the wall. Why would you pay yeah. attention to that fly yeah. on the wall? That, Who cares? That is, that is easy to say, except for the fact that when they start, you know, it is the internet, and there are, like, weird, technically enabled people, and they start tweeting these threats. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it's the video, threat. Brennan, but they were like... I don't have so to put up with that. Julia DiCarlo has actually been, uh, was raped and, and wrote about it, and her detractors were wishing her, you know, to get raped again. Yeah. yeah, to get raped again. And there are, you know, instances where people like say, I hope you enjoy your house at specific address XYZ or, you know what I mean? Like where they're being very personal about it. So, it, yes. Those it, things, it, I mean, that, of course, that's dangerous. But yeah, but, but I'm talking but, about the, the general hate, hate tweets or hate responses. What would you like to do about it? No, but here's my point. I don't want to do anything about it. I yeah. think there's a change. I do. I want them to use their real names and let them think twice. And then when they make a comment like that, they can feel the wrath of everyone understanding how well, inappropriate that is. I agree with that. But I want the burden. That's what I want. I want the burden so, to be well, placed. Hang on. Some of those people would do it anyway. So, so then what? Not not not. not. Then, then they can then they can be responsible for that comment. So you can say that, fine. But then, when the rest of the world turns on you and says, "How dare you?" Then you got to answer to that. Yeah. Well, and and there's there's these feel good stories about someone chasing someone down and then um, forwarding someone's online comments to their employer, and that person gets fired and all kinds of things. But my point, Brendan, those society, like you know, social wise, is. You can't the, – the rule of the road shouldn't be, ah, look the other way, move on. These guys are idiots. It should be – That's how it is saying, in life though. I know. Why would it be different it's not, online? Though, it's not because – Of course it someone, is. If someone did it on the street, it wouldn't be tolerated. If they made a, a, a lewd There's gesture no on the street, they, they would be arrested? What are you talking about? No, there would be the, a there social – There would be a public shaming – it happens every day. It happens every day, thousands of times a day. Not, not to the the degree it happens. Sometimes it's worse. If you in, were on the person. L and you saw someone say, "I hope you get raped again," I mean, would that not put your jaw on the floor? This is where we disagree. I, I don't know why. This has been the internet for the past 10 years, at least, Yeah, right? so the internet's evolving, and there's things that are coming out. And just like you guys yeah. pointed out earlier, I'm saying, so you, yeah. it's not right, but you know that's out there, so don't read it. I don't. I like. You can't stop crazy. 
So just don't. <laughs> That's true. Don't don't engage it. Well, and, and, well, and so, some of it, not all of it, but a portion of it, however small, will go away because they they want to get engagement. Yeah, I mean, you need to go see these videos and understand too. It's not just it's not just so much about I've, ignoring it. It's I've also about the, words, but yeah. the freaking depravity of what oh, these. I'm I'm aware. It's disgusting. Yeah. So uh, my point is, uh, none of these folks successfully wrote a clever joke. Of course, uh, on their <laughs> comment, of they, they didn't close that gap. But one other one other point with this, and I know that this is a sort of related, but it's kind of off topic. You know, the the exercise in that video with the sports writers <clears throat> was very specific, right? They asked men to read those tweets to their face, right? And every single one of the men yeah. had extreme uh, difficulty doing that. Just a minute for for context, they, they were not the people who wrote the tweets. That's right. Okay, they're, they're just random guys. They're random guys who agreed to do this, and they said, okay, um, you're going to sit face-to-face with what's-her-name, and then you're going to sit here, and you have to read all these tweets to her face. Or not tweets, it's comments to her face. And some of them were like, you suck, you know, (laughs) pretty benign. And some of them were like, you know, I hope you get raped again. Right. Um, And it was very difficult for these men to read them. So it's not just... um, it's not just a comment on, on online commenting. It's also, you know, kind of an eye-opener for a lot of these men because people don't say shit like that to, you know, Keith Oberman or whatever. Right. You know, they oh, don't definitely. say stuff like that to, you know, I don't know, pick a, pick no. a guy. And it's like, so I think sometimes when men actually have to be confronted with the reality of what women deal with is like... Surprising. Right. Yep. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I believe that, you know, whether any any men wants to acknowledge it or not, women have been shoving this stuff off and, you know, getting over it and getting a thick skin and, you know, moving on from stuff like this for far longer than the Internet's been in, around. Yeah. I mean... That was, that was manageable, though. <laughs> Uh, well, just uh, kidding. Yeah, kidding. We have asshole or not. Oh, there's an incomplete thought. Hmm. Let's not do that. That's terrible. Give me a name, and I get to judge whether they're an asshole or not. Uh, it's not even that well thought out. Here, here's the concept. The the incomplete concept I was thinking about uh, a few days ago. Asshole or not. So I give you something that people, uh, a term people use, and if they use it, are they an asshole or not? Okay. Uh, Someone referring to Chicago as Chi-Town. Asshole. (laughs) Asshole. No one in Chicago ever says the word Chi-Town. Ever. Now, I'm going to warn you, I think all of these, the answer is asshole, but... Yes. When in doubt, let's default to asshole. This is my first just <laughs> run at this. You know, that default to asshole, uh, was, first of all, was a prom theme of mine. And then, <laughs> that was, all, I think that was the uh, first single by Tim Cook and the Gang. <laughs> <laughs> default to asshole. And it's always a good Friday slash Saturday night strategy. <laughs> oh. 
Nailed Tim, it. Tim Cook and the Nailed gang. It. You did see there. There's a dead body at Apple. Yeah. I told you those. I think guys it was the bass player. Them. They should just hold the home button and the uh, <laughs> oh restore. Control Alt Delete. <laughs> Restart. No, that's funny. All of a sudden, his eyes will open wide for a minute, and then he'll be boom. All right. Okay, Chi Town. Uh, Chi Town. Uh, Wait, he- hey, Corollary, Chicago yeah. Land. Oh, that doesn't bother That's me. That's for newscasters and, yeah. you know, whatever. All right. All I probably right. used it once or twice, but I'm an asshole. Um, people referring to Cleveland as the land. Yeah. Never heard of it. Therefore, you're an yeah. asshole. Well, therefore, it's fake, and I call you an asshole. <laughs> people in Cleveland will call it the land. No, I don't won't. believe it, and I don't like it. Uh, I do believe it because it's a real thing and they are assholes. Uh, and then I had two for sports and then I gave up because it wasn't going anywhere. Um, call, calling a basketball round ball? Wow. I have no opinion on that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, a fo- referring to a football as a pig skin. A pig skin? Asshole. Yeah, I don't know. It's all assholes. All right. It's it's like a clever writer trick that they're trying to use. I yeah. say no. See, this is why this was a half baked thought that didn't make it yeah. on air. Yeah, I mean, come on. Thank like, God we're not uh, recording this. I like the idea of you presenting things and I getting to judge them. Oh, That's okay. A, Here's a good game. Let's keep that going. I like this game. Then let, let, let's go on. Here we go. I have a whole list of of half thoughts. <laughs> Ready? Oh wait, no. Hey, yeah. hey, hold on. I got a theme song. It's. It's half thoughts with Brendan. <laughs> you need some music behind it, but work on that for next week. We need the Leary song, asshole. No, I'm the I'm the Paul Schaefer of the group. <laughs> half, half thoughts with Brendan. <laughs> uh, okay, let me get my gavel. Here, th- this is not even a half of a thought. This is a quarter of a thought, because. I think it was during the national championship game, Rob Nash. We were tweeting back and forth, and things were happening, and we were tweeting exclamations to each other. <laughs> like, holy fuck, holy shit, holy whatever. Uh, autocorrect stepped in for Rob one time, and holy holy fuck, I think, became whole reduce. <laughs> whole reduce, exclamation point. <laughs> Autocorrect is an asshole. I laughed yep. for, I think, five minutes straight. <laughs> whole Reduce. Whole Reduce oh was God. in the running to be the actual um, commercial name for Preparation H. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our <laughs> It was neck and neck. They marketed uh, both to see which you know, did better. All right. Let's see. Uh, other topics for Michelle to shoot down. Uh, Louis C.K. Uh, creating his own. Oh, uh, this this actually could be a, a real. Did you plot. guys watch that show yet? I watched the first episode and I was done. How was it? I, was, I didn't like it. You didn't it, like it. It wasn't for me. Not for um, me. Why not? Because it wasn't funny. Okay. And I, th- I was expecting it to be funny, and that was my mistake. So, Louis C.K. Th- that show, Horace and Pete, and a lot of, throughout his career. He goes out of his way to fuck himself. 
he creates yeah. his own obstacles and he turns down things left and right and he makes things as hard as possible for himself on purpose. Um, I'm in touch with that. Yeah, he has all sorts of creative constraints and, and he, he says it, but he doesn't say it like, oh, I should have and I would have. He says, no, I did that on purpose because I wanted to see if I could overcome it. I wanted to see, I wanted to put as many yeah, that, obstacles that, in front of me so that, I could try to get that, better. That, that's all bullshit. Well. I mean, the, the man's like universally regarded as uh, among the top stand-ups, if not the top stand-up in the world. So what, you know, what detriment has he, uh, what burden has no, he he's on his shoulder? He, but he has done a lot of financial and business yeah. he's less of a millionaire than he would have been right but no but when he decided to put that stuff out he had no idea that it was going to be success well anyway what he's saying is he has it has made him better mm-hmm. he has made things difficult for himself so he has to grow and learn and adapt and overcome yeah. these obstacles to become a better person comedian whatever yes writer Oh, so you mean like work hard and figure out a better way to do it? No, right. no, no. I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use one, one of my analogies here to support your, what you're saying, B, which is, so in design, and you know, I work in the, the design, you know, architecture and design community, and you know, everybody wants to have a gigantic budget so you can do all these wonderful, elaborate things with your interiors, right? But at you know, what we always say is, you know, budget constraints are the only way to be creative because anybody can go out with a lot of money and just buy shit and make it look good. But when you have no budget or a low budget, that's when you really have to be creative. And that's when you end up having um, really, you know, extraordinary things happen. So in any sense, when you impose certain constraints on yourselves, you're going to have to be creative to overcome them. And if being creative is the thing that leads you to your breakthrough, then the constraints have done their job. Right. It- yeah. Well, I agree with that. Uh, Louis trying to get credit for that process. Is One like, of the examples uh, okay, is, Rob, he would work, uh, like any comedian, and this is a, a few years back when he was doing more stand-up. Uh, he would say, you know, he would work on his routine, his hour, his special, whatever, uh, for about a year. And at the end, he would, and, and throughout that process, he would start <laughs> honing it and develop, developing it, and it would be great, and he'd sort of have a solid hour. And obviously, at the end of the show, you have your best material that you, you kill and you walk off with, right? He would get to that point, have that, that killer, and then... By that, by the time he was comfortable with it and it was killing, he would move his best stuff to the very front. He would open with it, so he'd fuck himself. So he he, he couldn't do as well. He had to follow up his own. Yeah, best yeah. Material. I mean, so I appreciate the 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 drive of that, but that's like, uh, I could give you a million boring examples of people who do that every day in their life. Like, <laughs> come on, like, okay. uh, like what? What are you talking about? Like who people who have a drive to innovate and say that's good, we can be better. So what I just thought was my best thing, I'm going to make you know, the second best thing. I mean, come on. Like I, I, I don't think that that's like any kind of anything for admiration. Is my point is he's good at what he does. He's do you got think a lot started- of people do that in Hollywood? In, no. in, in, in show yeah, business? Yeah, absolutely. Get the like, fuck out of here. Give You're me another. Crazy. Give me another hour. Give me another hour. Follows the exact same formula. And and at the end of every year, don't fix it. 
Give Pop me another hour. Give Listen. me another hour. I can. There's like, no creativity. Listen, you don't they just want to reproduce winners that have already won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that's all crap, and we all acknowledge that. I mean, uh, here I can give you six examples in two seconds. Uh, um, yeah, I don't need Dave, any examples. I need Dave, examples. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle doing uh, eleven shows at Thaniel Hall in Chicago, working out you know new material. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, who is almost a We're billionaire, not, doing a year residency at Carnegie Hall. Uh, I mean, there, people do it all the time. Like so. It's not like Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not talking about practice, Rob. No, 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 no. My point is Jerry Seinfeld's not doing the same show for a year. He's starting with a show that he thinks is good, and he's going to end with a show that's completely different than that. I mean, there. So, Rob. Yeah. You you know this. uh, You know, back when Jerry was more of a stand-up and and during his uh, Seinfeld years, uh, he had this magical set of material, this one hour or 90 minute set or whatever it was. Yeah. Had we all, all this killer it. stuff. And, and right. And, and he, he retired it on that special, but he had been doing that for 10 years, five years, whatever the number was, <laughs> he'd been doing his killer stuff over and over and over and over. And he eventually retired at that one time. But so HBO had a, had a show called talking funny and it was, Louis C.K., Seinfeld, uh, Ricky Gervais was sort of the moderator, and uh, Chris Rock. And they were talking about uh, uh, comedy. And this is where they were talking about the process. And Louis C.K. Was, said, yeah, every year you know, I, I build up my hour. And he t- told that story about putting his best stuff first and all that, whatever. Uh, and he goes, yeah, and at the end of the year, I throw it all away. I start from scratch every year. Um, and that blew these top comics all away because they never do that. They keep their best stuff. Yeah. And of the hour, they keep their best 20 minutes and then build off of that, and they keep enhancing it. But he throws everything away and would start from scratch to fuck himself to make himself grow. Yeah. And I don't I, think 10% of, of show, business, show business does that. No, I don't think that uh, Chris Rock's second and third HBO specials ever touched on any of the material in his first. And they were years and years apart, is what I'm saying. He he would do it every single year. Well, you're saying he's more poli- prolific? Is that the word? Um, I, I, I've seen Seinfeld twice in the last uh, I know. What, three years, and the shows have been completely different. I know. Well, then, then if you know... I think then, Seinfeld as an example is a flawed... It's really it's easy. He was involved in the show. And he, he have was no pressure awesome. in your life at all. It's a lot different when you're trying to become known. No, I agree. I think Kevin Hart. I've seen and he's done different shows. My girl, uh, Brendan, say her name. I can't say her name. Blondie. Uh, oh, Eliza Schlesinger. Oh, yeah. Schlesinger. Yeah. So the the review she got in the Tribune because she. Uh, just taped her HBO special, I think it's HBO, or maybe Netflix, um, at the Vic, was that she it had taken her a year to get to this point. But then I saw the article after the taping, and she's going on a tour, and she's running this 90 minutes for the entire year as a tour. So I don't, I mean, I, I think that's like, I just don't it's think it's admirable, but like not shocking. Let's not. Uh, 
Let's not, you know, right. blow the guy. <laughs> Wonderful. Bring in the pain All right, again. So Brendan judgment is per Robert asshole. Yep. Uh, yeah. Some thank more, you for bringing some more half ideas. Not the asshole part. These are quicker half ideas, or there's two quick half ideas, and then wait, wait, hey Brendan, yes, Brendan, asshole. <laughs> yes, Brendan, please continue. Um, do we, here's a question. It's really a question for me, to myself, which is awesome. Um, do you hate watch or hate listen anything? Because I hate watch or hate <laughs> listen to anything. Because I definitely do, and I don't know what it is. I don't have to get myself out of it. Huh. I watch, I, I, I listen to things uh, like podcasts or uh, radio shows that I, I freaking hate, but I can't stop listening to it. I don't know what I'm doing to myself. Mm-hmm. Right yes. I, I find myself on occasion hate listening to sound opinions Ooh. because Greg Cott is an overblown, overstuffed, ridiculous, meandering Pandering. Ugh, I can't think of any more words. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was going to jump in uh, to the pause there and say, what do you think about Jim uh, Deaver Goddess then, if you don't like uh, Oh, here, here's what I'm going to say about that. Greg Cott makes Jim Deaver Goddess look like a fucking genius. I hired that fat fuck once. <laughs> and that's saying something. Michael's going to yeah. be so pissed that we talked about this and he wasn't here. Jim DeRigatis is a douche. Well, we might... You might, might have he to makes Jim DeRigatis look like a fucking genius. Because Ross does have opinions on this. But um, uh, I fucking hate those two and the toxic combination they produce every week so intensely. But um, they're on my... Uh, you know, number one button on the on the on the on the radio in the car. So so yeah, okay. So that's that's great. Now I listen to their podcast. What are we doing? So I'm intentionally. Oh, you doing... listen to the podcast? No, I, I, I if I'm driving in the car at the time that they're on, I'll listen to. No, it. I listen. She to the seeks podcast. it out, and so do oh, I. You're like a heroin. <laughs> so that's hate listening, right there. Yeah, that is that is definitely the only thing I can get, gather from it is it. It gets my blood boiling, and it makes me think and think of how to counteract these assholes. And it, it, gets, it gets my mind working, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. So back I don't know. Back I hate our... reading articles online all the time. Yeah. It gets uh, me so I, mad. Like anything got... about Donald Trump, I'll be like, "Let me fucking read this," and then I'm pissed. Well, I mean, you, I think you guys are uh, familiar with my wife, uh, Rachel, and uh... I've heard of her. <laughs> She, yes, Robert, we are familiar with She Rachel. will watch Donald Trump for the entire time mm. with this increasing anxiety and anger. and, and Yeah, anxiety. it's terrible. Yeah. But uh, get her on the fucking mic. <laughs> she was down earlier. Damn it. But the, 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 the fact that you – online, I don't know if it counts. Does it count the same as radio and TV? I'm saying, yeah, sure, fine. Yeah, what? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Why not? Yeah, yeah. To me, there, there's like a weird. Uh, I, you happen upon, you know, like upon things on radio and TV, and then you're like, oh, I'll watch this for a while. But online seems like you have to select it. I don't know. Yeah, well, you can change the channel. Exactly. 
other half uh, we should explore that in a future podcast. Yes, we should. Half idea. Um, this is where we produce the next show. I know. <laughs> You're welcome, America. This, uh, so I think there's a real possibility um, or a, a, a high probability that if Trump gets the nomination, and I, I'm thinking he will, um, he's going to be assassinated. Someone oh will God, take him out. There, there'll be an attempt on his life either Brandon. during either during the no. uh, uh, no. campaign or if he were to get into office. I think he will. Someone will no. attempt to do something. That's no. horrible. I'm not. Did I say I wanted it to happen? I don't. I, I, I think. It, I think someone will do Trump something. Supporters trying to assassinate someone else than someone trying to assassinate him. Nah, they're just an angry mob. Just gonna hit anybody who's who's near them. They're not gonna do anything big. I think people no. so greatly hate Trump that somebody will snap and something well, Brendan, will happen. Brendan, Brendan, yeah, you you're, can't you're losing a little. You're losing a little historical context. I mean, there there has not been a president in the history of our nation than that was more hated and more controversial than Barack Obama. So now I don't know what has been prevented, but. If someone's going to take a shot at someone, it's... it's that's true. Yeah. It would have been him. That's totally true. I, so, I, for all we know, they could have stopped a dozen attempts Yeah, and never talked about it. But, I mean, yeah. Th- I, think, I think those attempts will continue then. I think something's going to be directed toward Trump. And I don't mean to mean the, uh-huh. make the fact of like attacking being uh, like a partisan issue. No, like it, it very a, a, a crazy person very well could you know do something crazy and attack Donald Trump. But I mean, I don't think it's any higher likelihood today than it was in two thousand eight. You know, it, it like the no. crazy factor is the same. They're just uh, different groups that that hate. I think the white crazy supremacists have a longer record of yeah. violence. Yeah, violence. I know. I, I, I'm just saying. So that I don't see it. I'm not going to go this there. This is why this is a half idea. Because oh. all those 90, uh, 99%ers are pussies. Asshole. <laughs> and we have the opener of the show. <laughs> Um, all right. I think those are my half ideas done. I have another large idea that I don't want to get into, but I do like your half ideas, though. I like half ideas. I a, we, I like we're here to flesh ideas. them out for you. I have, I have maybe, a running list of half ideas. <laughs> maybe we should say like things Brendan thought of while uh, showering and shaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's on our Who's on our guess our net worth today? All right. The what is or oh, what are they worth game? And now let's play the how much are they worth game. What are they worth, and we and how many do we have tonight? How much are they worth? We have five as usual. Five. Ah, it's best of five. We gotta cut that back. No way. It's too many. It's always been five. It will always be five. Mm. Uh, so I didn't have a theme, but asshole. This year it. <laughs> 
This year, uh, this week is the NFL draft, so I went with football movies. Uh, North Dallas 40? Wait a minute. Nope. I, I changed it. Sorry. <laughs> Score plus one for Michelle. I know. North I was thinking of that. Actually, no, I changed it. I forgot I changed it. I didn't change the headline, though. Um, I changed it specifically for Rob. Oh, goodness. How kind of you. Rob, can Short you tell NFL me? Short players. Can you tell me what is your top five movie that we often talk about? NFL-wise? No. F- forget oh. football. Your all-time oh. top five movie. Well, it's Heat. It's Heat. This week's theme is Heat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, that's pretty nice. Yep. I'm going to nail this. You better fucking nail it. All right. First on the list, young Mr. John Voight. Oh, God. John Voight. John Voight, interesting, interesting. Angelina Jolie's daddy. Hmm. He had such, you know, a, a vibrant 70s career. With He did. With Deer Hunter and, like, I'm totally skipping so many others. Um, and then he went into, like, hibernation. And then Mann, uh, Michael Mann, kind of brought him ba- back. So yeah. that's a hard one. It is a hard one. And now he's just, like, in a sh- just doing shit constantly. Yeah. It's not great stuff, but he's doing a ton of it. Yeah. And he's super conservative. Yes, he is. Politically. So, you know, hopefully he's invested his money. Hmm. God, I have no idea on him. I would say... He's a hard one. Uh, God, John Voight. John Voight. I, I, all I can see him is yelling in Deer Hunter. All right, so I'm going to guess. I'll open it up. Yep. Wait, Rob, do you have a number? 28 point... Yes. No, 38.5 Yeah, I just wanted to see if you... I want to make sure we're all done before we start. Uh, Okay, Michelle? 40. Damn. I'm... As usual, I'm way high. 61. 61 for O'Neal. John Voight? Yeah? My ride's here. I gotta go. John Voight's net worth is 55 million. Ooh, Brendan! Put it on the board. Absent Michael Cross, Brendan might have a chance. I need, I need to get a win without Mike. In my own game that I suck at. Uh, okay, next Heat. Young Mister Val Kilmer. Oh God, that's a tough one. Val Kilmer. I'm gonna go. Mm, whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on. Wait, let's. Let's like quick. Uh, let's talk it out. Career review. That's cheating. No, it's not. Heat, Batman, Island of Doctor Moreau. Oh yeah, you, you got to start at Top Secret. Top Secret. Oh my God! Way before that, he Top was a gun. child actor. Top Gun. He was a child actor. Is that what you said? With Top Gun, yeah. What was before Top Gun? Well. Top secret. A lot of typing. Kilmer. Hmm. I would say Mm. Val Kilmer is actually 
um, higher than you think. I've got a number. Anybody else? I'm going to say... Wars. Ready? $68 million. I was going to say 55. I've got 77. Oof. I don't like it when we're close. Val Kilmer. The man is worth... A disappointing twenty-five million. God damn it! You know he had a drug issue. Top no. secret, real no. genius. Top Gun, Willow, The Door. Uh, Willow. Hey, hey, stop, stop, stop! Ed Cosgrove, you are great, Willow. <laughs> Good God. True romance. I will say the true romance. Great- no, the uh, yeah. briefly, the um, width of Val Kilmer's face has oh. extended like, tremendously. That's what you call moon faced. I mean, you look at him in uh, Top Gun, and then you look at him in uh, Island of Doctor Moreau, and you're like, "Whoa, where'd you get that face?" He's Brando fat. Yeah, ironically, his hero. Yeah. All right, third on the list. The director, Michael Mann. Oh, man. He's done a lot of stuff. All that uh, Miami Vice money. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, I'm saying, like, invested for 40 years. Oh, shit. My guess? No, 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 not, we're, we're hashing it out. Michael Mann, Michael Mann. Son so, <clears throat> Michael Mann, though, as a as a quick rundown. Director, writer. Yeah, but but big highlights. So Heat, obviously, but <laughs> obviously. Um, uh, what was the Tom Cruise, Jamie Fox? Collateral. Uh, collateral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L.A. Uh, oh, Crime Story. Last of the, the Mohicans. Insider. That was well, a- and the thing that he made Manhunter. Mar- yeah, Manhunter was right. the mark. But um, Witness. Right, that- Collateral. Public Enemies. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, the Insider was good. He's got TV series in here. Yeah, he's got a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's got the, these like uh, income producing shows. Miami Vice. How come that is that on like uh, my TV or like the uh, you don't see that on the reruns like on TBS or whatever? Oh, I'm sure it's on something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say Michael Mann is worth one hundred and fifty million dollars. Shit. I think that's a reasonable number. What's your number, Michelle? One hundred and eleven. I've got. 81. I undercut him. I think uh, a lot of his stuff was early. I don't don't know about this guy. Mm. Hmm. Michael Mann with two N's. Uh, Film director, screenwriter, and producer. Net worth of 75 million. Wow. O'Neill. 
Still impressive, but so not what I thought. Did you know he's from Chicago? Yeah. I did. Really? I did. Really? Yeah. He is. He's such a, like a, cinematog uh, cinematography? That, that's cinnamon. Uh, <laughs> cinematography. Hmm. I, yeah, the red wine always killed my... Um, of L.A. and, and uh, Miami. That's funny. He's a wannabe. All right, All right so for don't, th end, don't you dare end with uh, De Niro. Why not? Ah, uh, fucking Fourth man. is Al Pacino. Oh, fourth. And he's shockingly low. That's my guess. I'm going to say he is shockingly low. The guy keeps working, which is not, you know, a criticism, but on, on Hollywood. He doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing with money. No. No, he seems erratic. But he's been in so many goddamn movies. In... Mm. He's crazy. But any I don't remember like wild drug abuse. Do, so do you think his net worth includes his wife? Who's his wife? Um the mom from the vacation movies? Beverly D'Angelo? No, they're partners. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean they're common law. I don't know if they've been married. I'm sorry, I'm not up on the status of Beverly D'Angelo. I'm sure. Yeah. Let's get Beverly D'Angelo's net worth oh. into this conversation. I will I say this. One, once you see the Beverly uh, D'Angelo shower scene, you don't forget it. Oh, no. She's good. Was and, good. And I, I bet you it's close to Al Pacino's. Oh, no. I bet hers is way less. Way less. All right. Numbers. Come on. Michelle Riley, what do you got? My guess is $100 million. Wow. Mm. That's not what I thought. My number is 40. I'm going to say 40 90. ounces of terror. 90? 90 million. You guys. He's you, higher. You guys just told me how he was not good with money and then all of a sudden he got a hundred million dollars he's one of the greatest or you know well I know but he should have five times that yeah I agree uh, Al Pacino has a net worth of 165 million wow wow I had no idea obviously fuck Michelle and I are tied two to two this could be the tiebreaker, or Rob could sneak in for a little. All right, the final. Robert De Niro. Net worth of the man. Oh, man. You know what messes me here is the Tribeca and, like, the production yeah. stuff. Like, I don't know, because he hasn't done that many movies, right. but... And the ones he did, you know, through the 70s and 80s, like, how much did he get paid? I know. Well, when Mike and I did Scorsese, I don't know, a long time ago, uh, his number was way lower than we thought. But De Niro's could be way higher than I think. Mm. Come on, Pacino, De Niro, 
Well, he's if Pacino's at what? What did you say? One sixty-five. He's got to be three hundred, right? I mean, my guess is three fifteen. Three fifteen. Holy shit! No, that feels high all of a sudden. I've got two twenty-five. My guess is two hundred. Mr. De Niro, you are worth. Drum roll, drum roll. Wait, whoa. That flashed on Liam Hemsworth for a minute. <laughs> what was that? All right. One of us has hit it on the head. And you get a, a, a bonus point on that. Robert De Niro is a film and stage actor, producer, and director who has a net worth of. 200 million. Thank you. Michelle Damn Nash it. with the plus one wins four to two. Fuck! <laughs> Who made up this game? <laughs> Damn it. Well, Son of I don't know. De Niro. All right. Well, good talking to you all. I'm, I'm, I'm I am upset about Michael's uh, absence. Yeah. Well, he would have upped the uh, arguing quotient, I think, for sure. Um, so n- next week or le- sometime soon, I do want to do a uh, TV and movie centric podcast, but I think that needs to be in person <coughs> with multiple people and drinks all around and. The whole thing. We'll have to figure Sounds that out. Good. Sounds good. All right. Parting words, Rob Nash? No, don't hate your... Uh, don't hate on your uh, internet comments, please. <laughs> please, listeners, don't hate us. Don't be Well, no, I would say... Tomorrow. You, you're welcome to hate us as long as you actually listen. Oh, yeah. I, I welcome hatred in our comments by the way. Any comments are good comments for us. Uh, All right. On that note, let's call it a day, and uh, I will say Slancha. Slancha. Good night, boys. Good night. Good night. (laughs) Please follow us on Twitter at Irish Pubcast. Spread upon
from the holy book The only crack you get is a slap in the ear Well, I'll be fucked a lot But first your filthy mug If you drop one more shot I'll give me beer Drop one more shot, I can't be free! 